2: Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, we have um, a topic. I don't know if it's sensitive. I don't know if it's mature content. I don't know if it's way too real. I don't know. Um, But we are looking at life through the lens of identity politics. Often that's used as a phrase to kind of get people worked up and riled up and kind of, I don't know, when people... Generally, you mentioned identity politics is it's exclusively be about race and building alliance around uh, well, it could be race, religion or socioeconomic background. Uh, but it's usually used as a divisive term, as a term that yes. people use to kind of like you over there and us over here. And so what we're kind of working through today is kind of helping people understand, helping the listener, helping our friends that are listening to the podcast understand that if we get too caught up in. Ah, ooh, I feel like I'm about to give it away too soon.
3: Ooh! Don't give give
2: it away. I had to step back. Don't give it away. Go ahead.
3: Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Say some magic. That's it. No, we just talk. We are just talking about identity politics. And if you want to see where this is going, you need to continue to listen, um, Mm. because we dare not spoil that before we get to the end. BJ, before I put my foot in my mouth and tell everybody before they listen, (laughs) what's what what you got to say about this identity politics, man? Yeah. So you know the topic of
3: identity politics has been hot. I grew up. Um, where politics was no longer discussion. Um, It was kind of a forbidden thing. And, you know, in the last five years, since about 2016, if you listen to this, and it's 2030, uh, (laughs) about 2016, that became a a relevant thing again in 2016. And what you realized was that, you know, now people had the need to speak about politics and identity politics specifically, because, you know, they were setting the tone for policy and they're setting the tone for the country based off of specific needs of specific groups. And so to your point about what identity politics is typically seen, it's typically seen as something negative because it is trying to bring awareness to a particular issue based off of a particular group that does not represent the larger population. And I think that what we're talking about today in identity politics is how oftentimes we can fall victim to identity politics in the sense that we will allow our identity, what people say about us, how we look and what we, um, how we come across, to shape how we are, what we aspire to be, what we think we are, and how far we can go in this life. And yeah, so we just want to talk about that type of identity politics, not specifically politics itself. Does yeah. that make sense, Tippy?
2: Makes perfect sense to me.
3: Open us up with a political.
2: (laughs) Exactly right. This ain't about politics, but.
3: (laughs) But we're going to use a political illustration. Go ahead.
2: Right. So, uh, you know, listener, please. I know we have listeners of various backgrounds, um, political affiliations, all that good stuff. But this is, again, by way of illustration, this is what makes us. (laughs) I'm saying this is what makes us relevant. This is how we keep our ears to the streets. Like these things are necessary to talk about um, and we don't shy away from them. Is that is that fair to say? Not fair. Go ahead. Right. So recently, again, depending on when you listen to this, it could be 2030. I'm sure people will be listening to this in like 2060. Like I can almost guarantee uh, that yeah. somebody's going to rewind the tapes and be like, yo, that was some game, right? So 2019, um, issues happening. We have our current president of the United States um, was um, heard some words um, from, I guess, political rivals you could consider, I guess you can say. Um, he didn't like the words that were used. He didn't like what was said about him. And his policies um, and as a means of rebutting them, um, his comments were on along the lines of, hey, America is great. What we're doing is amazing. Uh, What I'm doing is amazing. If you don't like what's going on, um, you should go back to where you came from. Right. Um, And again allowing us this allowing this to be a surface level a cursory review of what what this is about <laughs> um in response to what was said to these particular four young women they felt as if uh what was said was a an attack on them personally that it was probably racially charged and that they instead of hearing what was said about them instead of cowering uh, uh yeah instead of becoming cowards, instead of cowering, instead of putting their tail between their legs and running off, and instead of putting their head in the sand and pretend like they didn't hear it, they decided to challenge some of the notions that were brought up in these particular tweets that the president made. Mm. And so when we're talking about identity politics, it's easy when someone who has authority says something to you or about you that's critical for us to cower, for us to run and hide, for us to tuck our tails between our legs, to To try to escape, to not approach the issue, to try to act like nothing happened and hopefully the issue will go away on its own. And what we're saying in this situation is that these particular women decided that they weren't going to be silenced based on someone more powerful than them having something critical to say about them which in this sense, it could have been a situation where this could have happened and they could have like folded their careers. They could have threw it all away, They could have said, man, I'll never fit in this politics. I, this this is not a place for me. To, as a woman, I need to just be quiet and shut down and go sit down somewhere No, they, they use it as an opportunity to fuel their fire more, to fuel their passion more, to give them more strength, to give them more courage and to stand up to something they believed was an incident that uh, shouldn't have happened. And so in this mm. in this situation... The idea for them is that their identity, or even the identity that someone tried to give to them or say that they they weren't American enough or or they needed to go back to where they came from, they stood their ground and said, "Hey, you know what? I know who I am? I know whose I am aha uh-huh. and uh i will not uh I will not fold under the pressure of someone trying to uh make me feel less than was that p c enough was that good. did no, I beat around the bush? Good.
3: and that's the an accurate no, you did, but you did you did indeed <laughs> so all right, it's a great. Great way to open up. Yeah. So the times that I can think about um, some identity politics Mm and rule my life, Mm -hmm. you know, I grew up in the great state of Texas, which is its own nation. It is. (laughs) And, you know, went to Dallas Independent Public School. Mm -hmm. And so in a lot of times, you know, I spent time in public school. Uh, There was certain touches where I was involved in specific programs. Magnet programs for being gifted and talented. Okay, I see. You. But for the most oh yeah. But for the most part, I was in a regular school. And that meant that, you know, a lot of the kids and my peers were, you know, just regular folks, just trying to make it. And, you know, they would uh joan on you. They would say anything mm-hmm. to you. You you know, we used to call it the uh the, the dozen. dozen. You sit around in a circle. Yo you sit around in a circle and we play the more mamas. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do they still play? You know what? They still play the dozens because my kids know all the jokes. So (laughs) I don't know how these jokes were cycled for the last 30 years, but my kids know all the jokes, all the songs, everything that we knew growing up.
2: Yep.
3: And more. Strong, strong. Yeah, but I think about that and I think about, you know, um, growing up as a latchkey kid, as a a kid of the oldest of three and not having an older brother or sibling and, you know, essentially having a, you know, two loving parents, but two working parents. And the way that I ended up having to raise myself was, you know, I had to raise myself around, you know, a situation of real scarcity, man. And so, you know, even when I think about the way that, you know, I interacted with the opposite sex, I'll never forget a day. My brother can attest to this too. So uh, uh, I guess a, a young woman caught herself giving a compliment. She, um, you know, she she I don't know if she liked me. I don't think she liked me, but she got to see my younger brother at the time, who, you know, has a fairer skin and you know he was handsome. He's much younger. And I never get her saying to me, Your brother is cute. What happened to you? Mm, those, okay. Those hurt. <laughs> those hurt. Bro, listen, this is third grade. This is like fifth grade. And so this ain't this is not I'm grown. I have a sense of myself. This was like, wow. That's like, tough,
2: bro. That's, I, that's I, tough. I'm not even going to yeah, laugh, bro. Like, that's, that hurts. That hurt me No, right.
3: No, 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 laugh. I'm here. I'm no, here. No, bro. no. That, that hurt, hurt me laugh. to hear that, bro.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, you know, and I, and I think about it, man. Like, she stung me with that comment, right? Like, here I am, you know, doing the best I can. And, you know, this young girl who you know, God bless her. I hope her her life worked out. I'm going to make sure I look you up on Facebook. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) we'll see what happens to that. Am I petty while for that? Am I petty while to be thinking like, yo, all those people that bullied me as a kid, should I look y'all up on Facebook? Am I petty for that? Is that wrong? I mean, I feel like yeah. I feel like there's something like interesting about that. I'm like, am I being vindictive? Am I being wrong? I'm like, we'll see what happened. Listen, it's we'll see thing. whose life turned out what. It's, yeah, a, it's thing. a thing. It's
2: a thing. It's a it, thing. Somebody's it doing it like... right now. Right, right, right.
3: right. <laughs> somebody's talking somebody's page right now <laughs> to see what happened in fifth grade. So yeah, so bro, she stung me with that. Like, she just told me in so many words, like, you're ugly. Like, you're not attractive. Um, And you come from a family where there is someone attractive. like, what happened to you? (laughs) Right? Uh And so, yeah. So my brother, you know, acts like he doesn't remember this, this moment. And and listen, bro, it's been about 35 years. I never forgot. Uh I never forgot the situation. And yeah, identity politics, man, like, you know, that kind of defined my confidence and how I saw myself. And so, you know, her just kind of saying it in a moment thinking like, oh, well, this is nothing. JP, that meant everything to me. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, because I didn't have the confidence to say like, man, I don't know if I am attractive. And so, yeah, so I, I feel like that was a moment for me where I allow identity politics to shape my confidence and really make me question who I was from a physical perspective. So, yeah, when is a moment where identity politics shape your perspective or confidence, JP?
2: Man, so many, so many, so many times. I don't know, it's it's interesting, man, because I feel like I've I think I've said it before. Correct me if you've heard this before, where there was a time where I really struggled between if I was like Theo Huxville or Tupac. Have you heard me say that before?
3: <laughs> no, go ahead. What are you talking about?
2: Nah, so you know, you grew up in the in the inner city. Um, and you know, the time I grew up, it was kind of like who would you rather be if, if if someone was like, "Yo, John Parker is a square, and he reminds me of some old Theo Huxable sucker that you know got a daddy and mama at home living the burbs, blah 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 blah." Or pop. He got a mom and daddy, right? Right? Who got Go ahead. A mama? What, kind of, what kind of sucker got <laughs> a mama and a daddy? What kind of what kind of garbage is that? Right? Um, you got a mom and a daddy. They pay bills. <laughs> On
3: time. Successful in their career. Right. Yeah, right. They got, <laughs> they got good credit. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, kind of you got? All right, <laughs> go right. ahead, bro.
2: But I grew up in that cusp and in an area where it's like, man, it was it was better to be seen as a Tupac than it was a Theo Huxtable. And it wasn't until I was about thirty something years old, thirty four, thirty five, where I really realized, like, oh shoot, I like doing quote unquote white boy stuff. Right? I like Ooh. to. <laughs> right now, is that is that too much? No, go ahead. This is funny. Go ahead, right. bro. Go I mean, ahead. Look, I'm from well, California. I'm California. I'm saying. I'm saying. Uh, What's
3: some stuff? What's some stuff you like doing? I'm from California.
2: I like skateboarding. Um, I like to right. surf a little bit. Um, I got Vibram shoes. Those are the ones that got your toes wrapped around. You know what I'm talking about? The, the shoes that that literally like fit your feet. Big toe, middle toe, little toe. Chacos. Like I don't know. Chacos. I don't know. I know Vibrams. I don't know. I don't know that. You know what I'm saying? But it's literally like wearing, you know, like a, it's, it's a shoe that has a rubber sole and it's, they're comfortable, but they contour around your feet. Like the shoe literally contours. Like I have each toe has its own separation and it's, and it's Chocos. All right. Go ahead. All right. Cool. That, Go ahead. That's, I don't know. All right. Cool. Um, I, I, I like to, what else I like to do? I like to rock climb, not like real, like with harness and stuff, but like, like trail running. I like to trail run. I like to mountain, uh, to hike. I like to run marathons. Um, I don't like shooting at people. Um, I don't like gang fights. I don't like to carry switchblades and spray paint on walls. There's a lot of things that I don't like to do that I did growing up that I realized, like, man, I only did those things because I had to. I had to in order to fit in. I had to in order to not get beat up. I had to in order to make myself feel better um, about myself and about life. And if I had to go back and do it again, I would have rather been Theo Huxtable than pretend to be Tupac. You know, um, <laughs> I just, I mean, it would have saved me a lot of trouble. Uh, I got several scars and, and a little PTSD uh, because of me trying to be like Tupac, or at least have that persona of being Tupac. And it wasn't until I was a full grown man with children and a wife that I realized like, yo, why am I swimming against the tide? Like I'm out here mm-hmm. drowning when I should just embrace who I am embrace who I've been, embrace the fact that there are things that I'd rather do that i like to do that don't involve bringing harm to myself or being seen as the cool guy and, and just live that life. And so I struggled for the first 35 years of my life trying to fit into a mold, even when I didn't have to. I was a grown man. I, wasn't, I was living in Atlanta. I wasn't in California. I didn't have any tattoos. I didn't have any teardrops on my face. I had nothing that kept me to be gang-affiliated.
3: <laughs>
2: no teardrops. No teardrops. The old teardrops. No teardrops, bro. Um, I don't have a record. You know, things have happened, but I, you know, grace, grace of God, I got out of the cuffs. But it's just like one of those things where I didn't have to be this tough, hard, like to the point where when I was dating my wife, my friends were like, "Bro, I don't think you like her, bro. There's nothing about you and your relationship with her that shows people that you care about her." And I was like, "Bro, like I care wow. about her in the most thugged way possible." Like what I'm saying is that. I there wasn't a, a a a space in which that I could show my emotions, that I could show my feelings, that I could cry, that I can do my quote unquote white boy stuff, that I could jump off a mountain, that I can jump out of an airplane, that I could, you know what I'm saying, like do things, travel, like what you what you oh you going where oh uh, what you going travel. to Africa, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, right,
0: right, right. You, got you got a master's degree, you my
2: master now, like you know what I'm saying, like all that Chris Rock stuff. So right. it's just like one of those things where it's just like man. I spent so much time of my life trying to fit into this box of my upbringing and my around surroundings and other people that I knew when I'm like bro like I like I went to Berkeley bro like I I I you know what I'm saying like I I I I've had a lot of things handed to me in life just based on the the academic institution I went to for college and it's just like I still was up into a 35 year old man trying to trying to like just flex and just trying to be tough and just trying to be something that I didn't want to be But this is what The Hood told me I was supposed to be. This is what MTV and BET and all those videos and all those movies and Boys in the Hood and Belly and all of that stuff told me I was supposed to be. Um, And I I bought into it, bro,
0: 100%. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At BOW, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So... health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org.
3: Yeah, I think that's a powerful point, right, is you know, when you're told that there's something you're supposed to be, you got to roll with it. And that's good Mm -hmm. and bad, right? Like, you know, some people are entitled, right? Uh, They look at their life and they look at where they are and they feel entitled to certain things without working. And I think there is a population of us where, you know, we were told that's what we were supposed to be and we just went with it. I, I told you about, you know, discovering that I was, you know, being told like, shut up, you talk too much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Discovering
3: yeah. years later that I was a verbal processor. Right. I wanna mm-hmm, re- I wanna mm-hmm, recap mm-hmm. this, right? So, you know, as someone who is connected, you know, privately and publicly to a lot of strong personalities, I found myself in situations where, you know, I, I'm up close with those influencers and I'm up close with those people. And, you know, if you've never been around someone you admire. Just think of, man, this person can say something to crush your world. Like, it's not a joke. <laughs> it's right. not a funny thing. It's like, it's serious. right? And these right. are people that you look up to in the public. So imagine being friends or a mentee or all these different things. And so I've had people who I admired and look up to say very disparaging things to me. and And bro, I didn't know right. how to take it. Because guess what? you know, the word and the weight of what they were saying meant so much. I had to say, this must be ultimate. You know, there's no way you could Mm. be wrong about these things. And I remember a time when, you know, I was in a private meeting with someone and they blurted out as I was explaining something, oh, you just talked too much. And like, it shocked me. I just sat in shock. You know, this was a, it was almost, it was really rude. And it was abrasive, and it made me check myself. I was like, "Well, maybe I am speaking too much. Maybe I need to mm. not talk." And so, J.P. So, what I did, you know, to avoid um, embarrassment and and listen to to perform a, a sense of self control, was I just stopped speaking. I said, "You know what? Every time I speak, it gets me into trouble, and therefore, I guess the solution is not to speak." Well, mm. fast forward. I'm in i um, I'm at, at a dinner with a friend and he says, yo, maybe you don't know this about yourself. He says, BJ, do you know that you're a verbal processor? I said, what's that? Hmm. He says, verbal processing is just simply when people speak to think. I said, no, there's a such thing as speaking to think. He said, yeah, like a verbal processor will talk in order to, Unpeel what they were thinking. And bro, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, mm. yo, that's it. That's powerful. I'm sitting here feeling guilty, feeling shame, feeling stupid, feeling like, man, I wasted my time. I'm, you know, I'm a nuisance, you know, to these things. All the while, JP, <laughs> come to find out, I'm a verbal processor, right? And, and I want to play something forward, right? So let's just play this forward because I don't need you to feel sorry for me. I'm making a point about my life. So let's just say right. I take that <laughs> to heart, all right? And I say, well, from moving forward, I will speak in such a minimal way um, that does not bring any type of attention to myself that could cause harm, criticism, anything like that. You know what what would have happened to me without me even knowing it?
2: Uh, you would ruined your life
3: I would have stopped growing Mentally
2: Yeah Yeah Yeah
3: I would have stopped growing Mentally
2: mm. hmm
3: Why? I am a verbal processor I am not speaking Just to talk I'm speaking because I'm thinking Right? Had I listened to this person's advice Or quick identity politics for me JP It would have been done Bro, listen there would be no Build a Betterers podcast. Listen, now I get paid to talk.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. How about that? I get paid to talk now.
3: (laughs) This is crazy. I can't believe this. Like It came full circle. I get paid to speak now. I would not be the person I am today. And what I want to say is this. When you don't know you, identity politics become a chief substitute for your value and your worth.
2: Mm, Say it again.
3: When you don't know you, and you don't have a clear understanding of who you are. Identity politics, people giving quick little, pithy answers to articulate your value and worth, becomes a cheap substitute to who you actually are, right? And, and what I wish I would have known in that moment was like, yo, yes, there is a such thing as self-control. Yes, there's a need um, to be aware and self-aware, But there's also the reality that you are not talking. You know, to bring attention, but you're talking to think and you got to harness that gift. And so for me, the first thing I want to say to people is one of the things I see about identity politics or people who are quickly labeled and all these different things is if you're not in an environment that would allow you to grow uh, and change in ways that are potentially dramatic than what you originally came into, listen, you are doomed for um, the. A lot of the handicaps that come from being in environments where there is gross identity politics. JP, what do you think? What are some <laughs> places, maybe some unseen identity politics spaces? And I know you mentioned a few offline. Yeah, what do, what do you think? What are some places where there's some unseen uh, potentially identity politics traps?
2: Definitely, how do I say this? Just family of origin issues that just get overlooked, right? So it's kind of imagine what you're saying about the person that you respect is saying you talk too much, right? Imagine growing up in a house where people don't understand you, don't know how you think, how you breathe, how you move, how you live, and they tell you those things. Mm. And they tell you those things your whole life. Your whole life. Imagine if your mom and your daddy would have told you you talk too much your whole life without you understanding that, oh, shoot, I'm a verbal processor. What happens in those moments is that you start to form an identity that is based on someone else's idea of who you are. And it keeps you from becoming the person that you're supposed to be. Ooh, explain that. And go so ahead, we go have, ahead explain, explain it, bro. We might have some very well-meaning family members, some very well-meaning friends. Um, but because what you, what, who you are and what you do annoys them or bothers them, mm.
0: their quick solution
2: to you Is to become somebody that you're not or to just be quiet or to just to go to do something else or just to go somewhere else. Right. My daughter, she's very bright. She's very inquisitive. She has a bunch of questions. She's she she, she's a genius. But oftentimes it's very easy for me to be like, yo, just be quiet and leave me alone. Mm
3: -hmm. When all
2: she's trying to do is ask a question to build up her knowledge bank to go, you know what I'm saying? So that she'll have this information to come to be the genius that she is. But imagine if every time she asked me a question I was like, "Man, that's a dumb question. Man, leave me alone. Why don't you go bother somebody else?" Man, you da. da, da you talk too much. Oh, you just like she tells me all the time, "Daddy, you're being a chatterbox." But I'm like, "Wait a minute, you're the one talking." How, oh, okay, you want me to be quiet so you can talk more. I got it. You know what I'm saying? But it's just it's just one of those things where like she can really be damaged and I can really mess her life up if I try to get her to be somewhere or someone who just sits in a corner and reads a book. Now it's good for her to read books and learn, but she's learning through talking to me. Through having conversation with me, through asking questions, through being inquisitive, to asking me what, you know, what word starts with this letter or what, what da, 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 you know, all these different random things. He's just like, bro, I just want to drive this car right now. Good. I'm just trying to get to the store. You just want a, a, a chocolate croissant that I just, if I can get to this croissant faster and you be quiet, I'll be winning right now. But like, no, I just need to be that dude that steps back and says, how do I nurture her? How do I help her grow? How do I help her use this gift of gab or asking questions or being inquisitive to becoming the best person that she can become? Mm. Um, and I think in, in, in oftentimes in our families' of origins or the people we grow up around or trying to decide whether to be Theo Huxable or Tupac, we lose a sense of ourselves. Um, <laughs> and then we become uh, a shell of the person that we're meant to become. Wow. Um, and, th- and therefore, our destiny gets offset, you know. Um, and so that's that's one thing. That's, that's one area where I say it's pretty big, where people have to kind of press through and overcome um, and, and
3: fight through Oh, man, this is such a great thing. Man, where you cannot grow up, you know, Jesus said this, a prophet is without honor in his hometown. And, you know, I think (laughs) what I see in a lot of identity politics is you need to be really careful, especially with people who see you at a very infant stage. You know, we can assume a lot. We can assume, hey, this is just who JP is. Oh, that's just JP. Right? And it's good to have people who have history with you. It is challenging when that history become a hindrance to you. I'll say that again. It's good to have people who have history with you. They have a, a legitimate historical connection with you. It's bad when that history becomes a hindrance to you, right? And so, yeah, cool. I, I'm cool with being, you know, the BJ who did blah, blah, blah. Right, and I've done a lot of stuff. I share a lot wow. of my wins and losses on a, on a podcast, so you get to hear mm-hmm. a lot of those things. But here is the thing, man: this is just the real truth. I am much more complex than those things because I have perpetually grown as a person. and And here is the funny thing about it, and I'll just say this: you know, you need to be in a position to where, as you grow, you are not being put in check and being degraded in your growth. Right,
2: mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Right, yeah. like yeah.
3: if JP's is growing and maturing in a particular area, you need to be in a relational situation that allows you to re- reflect that new growth in your life, not have to over explain it. Right. So here's the thing: I used to love going to there's a restaurant um, in Texas called a steakhouse, and I don't eat steak. I don't
2: Except for Thank fish. you for that. Thank you for. Yeah, there. appreciate
3: that. I don't. Uh, I don't. So we hanging out. So just let me know. I'll just let you know. Like I don't eat that, but I don't. And I used to love this restaurant. Like literally love it. If we pulled up to it right now, bro, I would be like, I would struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, go get your, you know, your favorite meal. I'm like, I don't like that. I don't eat it. Right. And then you you go forcefully in order to. You know, put me in my place <laughs> and to remind me that, you know, um, you know, I used to love this and this, that, and the third. And then I say to you, hey, listen, I don't eat me. Right? Mm-hmm. If you as my friend can't respect my growth, listen, we can't be close friends in this season of my being. Right? Now listen, right. we can be friends. But we can't be close friends in this season. Why? Because your identity politics are no longer just great history that we remember. Now it's a hindrance, right? And this is what I see with a lot of people, is they will allow people who knew them to assume that they know them. And when I have to go and become aggressive about the new me and, you know, From the perspective of the old me, JP, listen, that relationship's going to get a lot less time. That might be a relationship I have to walk away from, right? Mm -hmm. Not because Mm -hmm. I'm playing favorites, not because I'm holier than thou, right? Listen, I don't do identity politics. If you can't accept that, that's fine. That just means that we need to just live in the reminiscent past. We're not going to move on in the present right? Tiffy, how do you see people overcoming the identity politics that come with family, you know, faith communities, relationships? Like, how do we overcome that with race, with gender? Yeah, how do we begin to overcome that?
2: What I've had to do personally is, again, using my Epiphany of white boy moments, um, is really understand <laughs> who you are, right? No, it's it's a real. It's funny. It's it's super funny, bro. Like I just, oh, just, just imagine. I'm just sitting at the house and I'm like, oh, oh, I think I like I love white, white boy, boy. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm, I like white boy yeah, stuff. Man. Oh man, right? And it was a it was a real light bulb, bro. It was a real moment for me, bro. I think I shed some tears. I was like, oh man, I'm free. I like I really feel the,
3: shackle. bro, the shackles, the Shackles on man. my feet, bro. <laughs> Listen, just make
2: sure they didn't borrow that from somebody else. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I know, right? I know, right? Um, so, yeah, that's a whole other conversation you tried to set me up. I was definitely about to go down that rabbit hole. You almost got me. You almost got me. Those who know will know what you just said and those who don't won't. Um, oh, yeah. So so basically, just just having that the moments of reflection and really understanding who you are. Having moments of self-discovery, maybe doing some check-ins with some real people that really know you, that really understand you, that really have been in your life more than just, you know, a few minutes. Um, I tweeted something the other day. I said, man, if I ain't known you a minimum of two years and if we ain't been in the trenches together and if we ain't, you know know what I'm saying, if we ain't had to go up and get some stuff, we're not really friends. We might be acquaintances. We might be associates. But you probably don't really know me and I really don't know you. So let's put in some work and let's make this thing happen. And so with that, it's just like, man, when you're trying to go through these moments of, of self-discovery or rediscovery or, or defining who you are for yourself, when you're identifying yourself um, as, a, as opposed to letting uh, neighborhood labels or family labels or, I mean, just imagine like class ca- clown. Like people don't understand how much the label of class clown hey, class can make clown. a break. bro. Yeah.
3: No, bro, listen, hold up. No, 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 no.
2: <laughs> Your time. Class clown. My
3: clown, bro, listen, it's still a class clown today. Mm. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. I'm saying, go bro, ahead, bro, like, like <laughs> being labeled as like teacher's pet or class clown, like those two labels as a kid, like, bro, the extent that I would go to to be funny or to make jokes or to be inappropriate or do whatever to get a laugh, bro, was ridiculous. Like most of my detention and, and, and time spent in the office was me <laughs> trying to be the class clown because somebody told me I was a class clown. And I was like, I have to live up to this. And I just, it's levels. It just has to escalate. You understand what I'm saying? He like, was bad, and and I don't I don't like that attention. I don't want to be that guy, and I didn't want to be that guy then. But it was like I gotta. It's all I got. All I got is class clown. That's all I got.
3: Yeah. I don't have bad news. I got a class clown. That's all you I know. got.
2: Go ahead. <laughs> and just imagine when two class clowns get in the classroom together. Then it's a bad news because it's a contest now. Like we just, you know, what I'm saying. Uh, so anyway, so he's just spending that time of really coming to know who you are, asking people for input, getting the right um, information together um and really just just being confident in in where you are and knowing being okay with with that changing who i was at 12 is not who i was at 18 is not who i was at 22 is not who i was at 25 is not who i was at 30 like things adjust and things change the core of who you are your values what you stay true to should be something that's pretty solid like some of those things may change over time to some extent um some things are malleable but who you are who you're becoming who you want to become uh, who you see yourself as is something that you should hold tightly to um, and make sure you're progressing in that that level and you shut out those noises and those voices that are contrary to what it is you'll be trying to become.
1: You got, you got to shut that out.
2: You got to shut that down, bro.
3: I see. That's probably the, the biggest lesson I've ever learned is it's okay to walk away. Like, I, I don't know what makes us linger in these unhealthy relationships alone so and I think we just Something in us just thinks there's nothing better. And I would just say it's okay to cho- close a chapter. It's all right to leave a tribe, right? I've left tribes. I've left tribes of people and tribes of groups, public, marketplace, fake communities. I walked away. You know what they told me? If I ever leave, you know what they told me? Hmm. You're gonna die if you leave.
2: That's it. You ain't gonna make it. Bro, there's no life outside
3: of here. And I've left enough tribes to know, nah, we're on a planet with 7 billion people. I'm going to make it. Listen, my creator loves me. He sees me. I'm flawed. Listen, bro, I have a whole slogan that says, I'm a mess, and yet deeply loved by God. Like, I, I believe this. Yeah, It's not a slogan, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a lifestyle, right? And what I've learned is, you can live outside, and here's the thing: you got to put in the work, though. You know, you can't repl- you can't kill something without replacing it with something healthy. People are struggling. If they're listening, and saying, "Man, I want to be like CEO," I fell a lot into labels. I've allowed different communities or different things to cause me question myself. Listen, or I've questioned myself. I put the label on myself. Maybe it's not someone else. Um, where can people go to get the type of help and personal assistance? in a free consultation yeah. setting. Wow.
2: Yeah, well, just, where can you get their personal system? You shut it down. I was, <laughs> about to, I, was about to, I was about to give them one more thing, <laughs> but no, it's good. We good. Um, so buildabetterus.com. It's a website that's massive, has resources, has tools. Um, when you go there, there's a slide at the top that says get involved. You hit that get involved. You'll get information that says coaching. You slide on that coaching button. You click that and you'll find a host of coaches that are ready and willing to help you get your life right, man. Help you figure out how you can be more than just a label and how you can uh, be, you know, Ooh, your identity. Like yeah, right, right. Your identity politics don't have to shape you. One thing I suggest, I can suggest real quick, man, is is people listening. If you haven't done a personality test, if you haven't done an interest inventory, something like a Myers Briggs, uh, where you learn if you're ENFJ, INJT, all those type of things. Um, or some other uh interest inventory where you, you talk about careers and life goals and what you 're trying to get to, please please do yourself a favor and get one of those done um, If you have the money, you can pay for the real ones or there 's plenty of them online but once you learn about who you are, once you learn about your personality, once you learn about the things that that pushes your buttons, the things that 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 help you the things that propel you, and the things that that repel you man, you, you do yourself a, a big favor. Put yourself in a real advantage um, uh, uh, socially, culturally, all those good things. Got it. Got it. Sorry, I, yeah, no, I, yeah, I want to get moment. the
3: free game. No, you're good. You're good. Listen, if you're enjoying this podcast, you say, man, I'm binging. I'm on my 12th episode. Make sure you share it with a friend, with a coworker and subscribe to the podcast. You know, make sure. And also um, you can at me at BJ116 and then at Roar. Um, because our job is to help you become better you
2: so that we can become a better us
1: thank you for tuning in to the build a better us podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on itunes soundcloud or wherever podcasts are played you too can become a part of the bbu nation today by continuing these discussions on social media Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build A Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build A Better Us podcast.